Welcome back to another season of Starry and Decisis, the UVic Law School podcast, which is run through the Appeal Journal. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Max Gross, and I worked a bit on the podcast last year as a volunteer, so I'll just give a, a quick kind of rundown about what this is all about. So yeah, it's the UVic Law podcast. Our basic mandate is anything relating to law school, being a law student, the law at large. You know, last year we covered some really cool topics like the whole decriminalization of hard drugs that had just began, um, a lot of stuff on indigenous legal issues. There's been a lot of cool stuff. You should definitely go back and listen to all the old episodes too. So yeah, now we're just going to kind of introduce ourselves here as uh, the three co-hosts of this season. So I guess I can start here. I'm from Toronto, born and raised in the city. Um, my On my mom's side, I am Russian Jewish, Lithuanian, Belarus. And my dad is from Boston area. He's American and uh, Polish, kind of mixed European. And, and um, I did my undergrad in Vancouver at SFU. And now I'm here on the Lekwungen speaking people's territory here at, uh, at UVic, living in Victoria and, and really liking, liking Victoria. Uh, can I go next? My name is Indy Smart. I uh, grew up in Victoria. Um, I'm on my mom's side, I think British, and on my dad's side, uh, Japanese and I want to say Danish, but my grandfather's going to be mad at me if that is wrong. And I moved to Vancouver to do my undergrad at UBC in social work uh, to like move to the big city, I guess. And then I moved back here for law school because my whole family's here and I wanted to be near them. Uh, now I'm a 3L. I'm in my last semester, so like the end is in sight. I'm Jessica Frappier. I'm from Tamagami First Nation. I'm in Anishinaabe on my mom's side. And on my dad's side, I'm French and Irish, and I was raised in um, northeastern Ontario and around Sudbury area, and I did my undergrad in Peterborough, Ontario, in Indigenous Environmental Studies, and then made my way out west uh, to do law school, and I'm currently in my third year of the Indigenous law program here at UVic. Yeah. Okay, so can either of you say anything about uh, if you listen to any podcasts or just generally what your interest is in in producing this podcast this year? Uh, I guess for me, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts historically. Um, I went through like a brief Dateline phase earlier, like or late last year, I guess, and I had to stop because I was being, I was becoming like too paranoid walking in the streets or like in a house by myself. Uh, so I stopped, but I'm very excited to be working on this podcast because I get to be a law nerd for credit, which is like my dream. Um, cause usually I just like rant about law things, usually to my family who has no idea what I'm talking about. Um, and like, I get a lot of enjoyment from that, but there isn't a lot of benefit for other people. So at least this way, like somebody else might also benefit from it and I get to move closer to graduation. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Um, I like a few different genres. Uh, I really have found a lot of great narrative storytelling through that and, a lot of voices that you don't really hear in the mainstream 
media. Yeah, podcasts are a really important medium um, for sharing information. You don't need a lot of equipment and you can do it pretty cheaply. It's pretty accessible. So I'm really interested in podcasting because of that. It's a good point. We have a budget of zero dollars, I think. So it's, yeah. it's a good thing it's a cheap activity. It's true. I went to film school and it's incredible how much more expensive anything that has a visual element is than just the audio element. It's just yeah. such a production that's taken off in, in uh, just audio. And I agree with a lot of the same reasons. It's, it's a real equalizer and can get some really cool stuff out there that otherwise um, might not make it through other barriers. Yeah. Like I actually like, like two hours ago did my hair for the podcast. Like this, it was actually effort put into this. <laughs> and then I realized it is not a visual medium. So that really like took away some of the stress, I think. But, yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of that classic diss where you could say some to someone, you have a face for radio. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Built for this. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with a lot of the same things. Um, I do. I like podcasts. I've been listening a lot to Mark Marin's podcast. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He just does a very straight interview style, almost more like a, a radio show interview. And he interviews very famous people and, and artists he likes. And I just like him. Um, I've been listening to that a lot. And um, yeah. Okay. So so we. And then what about like us making this? Like, what are y'all excited about with with making the with this season of, of Appeal? Uh, I'm excited about the episode that we released on Monday. Uh, which focuses on the Dixon versus uh, Fintokachin First Nations case, which uh, we rushed to get out ahead of our intro episode because we think the Supreme Court's going to release it basically any day. They haven't yet, but I'm very interested to see what comes of that. And I got to talk to uh, counsel for the VGFN um, and get into some of the legal issues and their application for Indigenous sovereignty moving forward, which is really cool. And also, I think this is like roughly the time in the semester where the 1Ls are probably learning about it in Constitution. So they should check it out and yeah, cite it on their exams for bonus points. Indeed, yeah. Uh, such a good interview, such a good episode that Indy put together there. So I hope everyone gets a chance to go check that out. And yeah, for me, um, I was in field school last semester with the Wasanich Nation just north of the Lekwungen territory here. Um, and one of the episodes I'm just editing right now that I'm excited to get out to you is we did a pit cook, a traditional pit cook, which is on the beach. You dig a big hole and make a fire with rocks and then put the rocks close to the fire, get them nice and hot, throw them in the hole. And then you go through a whole procedure to, to cook food based on that heat source. Um, and so I recorded all day at that pit cook. It was a really fun event and I'm looking forward to getting that episode out to y'all. And what about you, Jess? Um, I have a couple of episodes that I'm working on. I'm just excited to reach out to lawyers doing some pretty cool things. I haven't recorded anything, so I won't jinx myself. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about law and how it's happening right now. Nice. Yeah, I think it'll be a good season overall. Kind of in the same thing where I'm like, I don't want to, like I have people who agree, but I haven't recorded it yet. And I don't want to be like, I don't know, the counsel that like promises something in jury, like the, their opening argument to the jury and then doesn't deliver. I also have a couple of things that I'm excited about, but wouldn't 
a little too early to share just in case they don't happen. I like the word jinx. Yeah, I don't want to jinx yeah. it. Um, but yeah, some really cool stuff that we're definitely really excited about. So I was thinking that kind of a cool like first topic for us that wouldn't be too formal is like talking about what we wish we knew in the second half of 1L. It's maybe an episode we should have done in September, but I actually think that there's things specific to the second term that can catch people off guard. Um, so I don't know if, if you guys have like a list of those, but uh, where I was thinking we could start is that uh, Max and I have been like disagreeing, but then not actually getting into it to save it for the podcast on whether the first or the second semester of law school is harder. Uh, Max, do you want to present your case about why on earth the first semester of law school would be harder? Yeah, so yeah, we just we were just talking about this in the booth before we started recording. Um, I'm 32, so I'm a mature student. I did a lot of kind of alternative stuff in my 20s. My undergrad is in fine art. So a big stressor for me in first semester was just adjusting to the academic side of it, the reading and writing. I didn't have a lot of those skills. And I was just joking, Indy, you know, it's kind of like the principle in Bugs Bunny Roadrunner where as long as you don't look down when you ran off the cliff, you can keep going. But the second you look down, you fall. I had like I was sitting in the front of the class. I was raising my hand. I was all kind of hot to trot at the beginning of of 1L. And then I just hit this kind of brick wall where I just got all nervous. I was in my head. Uh, I was struggling with a lot of the readings and um, the general lifestyle of law school. And then I was able to kind of rein it in and and realize there was kind of some um, ways I was a little off in how I was holding myself even maybe or just kind of like in a fantasy idea of what it is to be a law student to become a lawyer whatever and I was able to let a lot of that go and kind of reconnect with with certain things I was neglecting about myself and um, second semester was just smoother like I was just more dialed into what I needed I wasn't as stressed about little things even even the social element like so much of 1L is also the social labor of what's the lunch meeting what's the pbsc uh kind of placement uh who's the networking with the you know lawyers from the firm you might be interested in working at just getting along with all these new students i felt like high school all over again like who do i eat lunch with all that kind of stuff so once that all started to settle in the work became much more manageable and and yeah i just kind of got into a groove nice i think like listening to you explain your argument, I think I know where we differ because your arguments are all like very wisely about like your actual well-being and your experience and your stress levels. So they're kind of like intrinsic. Whereas I just kind of stopped being a human for like eight months in first year. So mine were all focused on like the coursework, I think, where in first semester, obviously nobody knew, knew what they were doing, but I feel like I'd mentally prepared myself for that because there was nothing I could do to prepare the summer before, so I read every book about like what to do in law school. So I was kind of like already in a place where I'd mentally prepared. Um, and first semester like was hard, like not to take away from that. Like first semester's a lot. Uh, but second semester, I found that there was, like I think I didn't realize the extent to which most of first semester was just preparing us for like the concept of what law is, kind of. And then I definitely felt a little like blindsided when second semester hit, and it was like a lot more content. Not to like scare the, you're gonna be fine. But it, uh, like, I think for me, it was just that it was actually academically a lot harder. Whereas my quality of life was pretty much the same because there just like wasn't any through the whole thing. Yeah. How about you, Jess? Um, I think both had its challenges. Um, 
definitely coming into the space of law school with the people you're there with. It's a definitely, you're seeing a lot of people from different parts of society. Uh, and people come in with a lot of different knowledge bases and experiences and uh, that was an adjustment to see, kind of navigate that. And then I agree, the second semester, I think it was just, they let you out to do your own research and things. So that was yeah. definitely, I think it was all nerve wracking, but yeah, just those bigger assignments that weighed more heavily. And then second semester being, no more help not hurt is yeah. hurting <laughs> hurts a little bit more but uh yeah i got through it 2l was much better so 3l is even better so like it does yeah. it gets better slowly but it gets better like yeah the beast that you know <laughs> yeah honestly it uh yeah that kind of leads me into one of the things i wish that i knew in second semester first year which is not to underestimate the open memo like the extent to which that like, I just would plan to not do anything else during that time period, basically. I don't know if it was the same for you guys, but I had, like, a whole plan of when I was going to be studying things, and I thought I'd get it done in, like, three days, and that was not the experience, so. Yeah, now that you mention it, that was crazy. That was definitely the roughest part of second semester, so y'all got yeah. that coming right up. And, yeah, I mean, that's just a, that's a gauntlet. Like, you have to do so much work, all this little work. It's slow going. And you just have to really settle into like, damn, I'm only going to get like four paragraphs done in the next like six hours. Yeah. It's humbling. Yeah. I think you just don't have the tools for it yet. Or like maybe I didn't because I feel like it would be a lot easier even like one summer later after I'd worked. But at the time, like I don't know why I didn't just figure this out based on class material, but I didn't know how to use like search connectors or like I didn't know how to research basically in any way. Um, so I suggest reading the 1L course book. I actually did. I still didn't know how I missed this. Um, and so I didn't know how to research anything. And so I just read every uh, case from the BC Court of Appeal or higher on our area of law, which took a really long time and was not helpful. So don't do that. But it, like, I think it's just, you. it's humbling because you don't know what you're doing at all. And then it is this thing that kind of just knocks you backwards in the semester. I was behind until after reading week, which was like a month and a half later. Yeah, Hallsbury is amazing. I did not know that it existed at the time of the open memo. I definitely should have. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't do that, but please do that. Yeah. Even Google, to be honest. Oh yeah. Like, I know we're not meant to, but you can find the leading case on Google for most topics pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, Google's Google. Yeah, I mean, don't, like, do your research on Google, but maybe try and find the leading case and then go from there. Yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, of course, a tool. And just, yeah, just any way into the work. Like, if you find a news article about the topic, if you find anything, like, just anything you can learn about it to get closer to it, right? Mm -hmm. I think Google can be really good for that as you just start to get some context. Yeah, and then, like, what I find most helpful or helpful now that I also didn't know at the time is to just find the leading case and then like keyword search in the cases citing that case for like things specific to your fact pattern. That's really efficient. Is it, does the JID program do the same open memo? Uh, I think it depends on the year. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if this year is, but. You would have been in did. my year. Did you do Jordan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we did the same one, yeah. Nice. Yeah, my year did the same one too. We were all mixed in an LRW. That makes sense. I guess it's not like, too specific to like either lane program yeah this year it's they have their own 
Oh, okay. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, in terms of other 1L tips, do you guys have anything? Trying to stick with your uh, the values that you came in with. Sometimes those can change over the course of working and stuff and just sticking by those and um, trying to navigate the space with empathy and uh, not getting too bogged down by the institution. <laughs> I think because law is such a basic and broad institution, the rules of the society, it can take you so many places. It can kind of get a little lost with your identity. And then it's like, you just remember like, oh yeah, I'm kind of in a trade school and I can do anything with this. And you kind of, yeah, just re like getting back to yourself and being like, maybe if this week I want to be a criminal defense lawyer, next week I want to be an environmental lawyer working on, you know, limiting fossil fuel extraction. And then the next week you're thinking about indigenous sovereignty and next week you're just thinking about oh, i just want to make money in big law like there's all these different parts of you that might get sparked but like yeah just that it, it is what it is because it is so basic that's going to happen there's going to be all these these pulls you know you're not it is a trade school but it's also it's a very funny broad trade school so you're just kind of going to feel that you're not just training to build houses or become an electrician you're, you're training for this other very unique trade um and so kind of just being yeah open and grounded it's like a funny combo of of open but grounded and one else kind of the like right time i feel like to be figuring some of that out i still haven't figured that out so like second and third year hopefully is still also the right time but in first year specifically like around this time i think a lot of people are looking for jobs or they're doing co-op i remember having to do a lot of applications around now um and i didn't do ocis but from my understanding like your second year summer, you do o your OCI job if you get one, and then that's usually where you article, and then it'll be where you work. So you're a little bit more locked in at that point. So I would use your, like if you're in co-op, it's a little bit different, but I would use your first year summer, like if there's something that you think you could be interested in, even for the sake of like eliminating it from the list, if it's maybe like you came in really sure you wanted to do criminal law, but now you're like potentially interested in family law, it's, it might be more worth trying to eliminate the family law option as if you don't like it, if you're already pretty sure you're interested in criminal law, then just trying to get in with a criminal law firm and maybe save that for your second year summer. I think that's very wise. I didn't do that, but again, this is what I wish I knew in the second half of 1L, not what I did in the second half of 1L. Yeah. Also, maybe think about like if you do know that you want to do OCIs or something, maybe like plan your semesters accordingly. Like if I don't know, I watched people go through OCIs in the first semester of, uh, of second year and it looked rough. So if like you're doing a co-op thing and you can choose to be working instead of in school during that time, like that might be something to consider. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't do them. Did you do them, Jess? No, I didn't. Okay, so we can't represent yeah, them very well. Three, <laughs> three non-OCIers up in here. Yeah, I did though, I did um, like the... I did the government recruit in the, would have been the second semester of my second year, but I like on purpose did a co-op at that time so that I would have time to prepare for it. And I highly recommend that because I don't think I could have done both. Yeah. And just one day at a time, one day at a time. <laughs> what I like, 
What I found really helpful in the second half of first year was if you can to try and learn from how first semester went and like how your midterms went. If there are things that you were doing that weren't helpful, like stop doing them, you don't have time anymore. Um, if there were, you know, if it went really badly, like maybe go and ask your professors what you could have done differently, like where you lost marks. Um, something that I did that I actually kind of hesitate to put out there because I think the teachers won't, might not be a big fan, but um, is I asked, I think in first semester actually, all of my teachers, if I could do a practice exam and give it to them and get feedback on um, like structuring an argument and like how to write an essay for an exam. Um, and I had like some teachers that allowed that and some that didn't. And I would suggest asking way in advance and thanking them a lot. But I found that really helpful personally. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was something other people did or. If yeah, it's so true. Like even just that IRAC, you know? Yeah. Like issue, I'm already forgetting, issue rule. Analysis, um, analysis conclusion. conclusion like just having that basic was like oh my god this is I was trying to write soliloquies in my first one all these clever lines and it's like yeah. I remember someone had a really funny thing about Professor Tim Richards where they had this like three four sentence chunk in, in something they'd submitted to him that they thought was really well worded and he had just circled the entire thing and just wrote omit <laughs> awesome <laughs> and they were just like yep all right something to learn from. yeah like there's just so much that you you think you want to add some ketchup and mustard to it and it's like no no yeah although on the other hand like honestly if you choose carefully i found that if you can like remember small details from class you can throw into an exam like i think my property law final there was something like um, the price of a cab from the Heathrow airport to go see this one castle that Professor Howell was talking about. And I included that in the exam um, and I didn't lose marks for it. So like like stuff like that, if you can, but that should not be the priority. And you know what? No, it's true. That's a good reminder. Like it, it, it's subtle because there's it's not just to make it too, too bland. There's really cool opportunities to tie in something especially in classes like constitutional law, you can really tie in a bigger, broader, interesting idea that they've maybe pitched, but I guess more just like the writing style maybe, or there's yeah. something, it's it's hard to even articulate exactly, but there's something you definitely need to tone down in the kind of creativity, um, but that's not to say that you can't still be engaging with these issues in a broad way, and, and of course the, the best marks will come when you can actually connect it to that next level of engagement. I see what you mean though now it like yeah I definitely agree I think especially those of us who don't come from a scientific background like I was in art so there's a certain amount of like how long can I make this paper and you could probably cut like 90% of a lot of essays especially in the first couple years of university and I feel like the difference is that on a law exam you don't have the time to include anything that isn't important so you get good at like cutting out the fluff maybe yeah no points for style in law school exams uh, my last pitch for the first years is to do Law Center, if you can. It was like hands down the best thing that I did in law school. It made me feel like, like a little baby lawyer, which was really nice and kind of like reminded me why I really like law. I met a lot of really nice friends um, and you, yeah, I think it was a really nice confidence boost. Like if you can, I do it last because it's rough coming back into class afterwards, but, um, but definitely do it like by any means necessary. Maybe one last idea that Indy had here was to just highlight one class we've really liked from from the upper year courses that uh, we can kind of pitch to you as, as an option for you to take for you one else. So I can lead it off. Um, not that I have any in mind, but I'm already talking. Um, I mean, definitely. I, so I did this with Sandwich Field School this past semester, which 
is a ballot option like Law Center that Indy was just talking about. It's not the JID field school. It's all JDs because JIDs have their own field school, two, two field schools during their degree. So that's going to come up again when U1Ls are in 3L. And I definitely recommend throwing your name in the hat for that because that was an awesome semester I just got to do this fall. Yeah, and hopefully the like listeners will get to hear more about it in your uh, in your first episode. Definitely. Yeah, um, I think for me, best upper year class, I have two. Legal skills was awesome. Everybody should do legal skills. Um, and then the other one I think was weirdly secured transactions, which I did not take because I had any interest going in. Um, but I actually really liked it, and uh, I found like the I don't know it like worked really well for my like logic nerd brain. Like, I feel like if you like the logic games on the LSAT, you'll like secure transactions. It's kind of the same thing. Um, oh, and like maybe take evidence and admin early because I left those really late and I'm doing admin now in my last semester and everything I learned in both those classes. I'm like, well, I probably should have known that before I was like submitting evidence at Law Center. Yeah. Um, in my 2L, I took contracts and torts. Some I trans-systemically or trans-systemically. So I had more of a limited course selection. Um, But I really enjoyed uh, taking Indigenous legal theories with Tracy Lundberg. Um, Our final uh, deliverable was a podcast, actually, which was really cool to do. And I got a lot out of that course. And... I also really recommend if you have a group of uh, your friends or peers interested in the same idea, um, doing a group course was really cool and um, you get to explore a kind of creative and alternative law topics. Uh, We did hours on plurinationalism and yeah, recognition of different indigenous nations in a constitution and stuff. And that was really cool to do. So uh, yeah, I and I've heard of some other really cool uh, projects that people have been doing. Um, so that would be a recommendation. Nice, yeah, that reminded me too of a, a similar kind of idea, which is that for your major paper, You can either do it in a course like advanced legal research and writing, or you can tack it onto a course you're already taking and make the the final paper just longer. But you can also talk to professors about doing it independently. I think it's called 399 or 390. And that's another great opportunity to, you know, connect deeper with a professor that you might like and kind of like Jess is saying, really get to hone in on a topic that uh, is totally of your making and more individual and more kind of catered to to your interests. Um, yeah. I have heard you should reach out like a year in advance to those teachers though, just uh, as a heads up. I realized that too late to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Okay. Well, thank you so much, folks, for tuning into this first episode and and hearing a little bit about your hosts here. And we really look forward to this season coming up. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.